Galaxy Lights, Coachella, Lightning Bolt Necklaces. 2023 was the year of Scandaval. On March 3rd, one cheating scandal launched a reality TV investigation that generated hundreds of conspiracy theories, thousands of podcast episodes, and millions of dollars in revenue. I'm Jody Walker, host of An American Scandaval. One retrospective story told in three salacious parts. Listen December 26th on the Ringer Reality Feed. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into another episode of The Full Go Podcast. This will be episode 340 for everybody out there counting. Also, welcome into the local angle folks from FanDuel. Shout out to FanDuel Sportsbook and all the good people out at FanDuel TV. Of course, our pod is presented to you by FanDuel, brought to you by The Ringer. And if you catch us on Spotify, that is the game. That's where you should be at all times. And we are here on a beautiful Sunday night watching NFL football with everything to say about a league that is continuously giving us mediocre product and we just have to keep eating it and eating it and eating it. Thank God we got a good game out of the four this super wild card weekend, right? Lions and Rams lived up to what it was supposed to. And I know Bears fans are sitting there shaking in their boots about what the future might hold, whether it be Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or some combination of whoever they might get in the draft. And then watching Jordan Love throw for, I believe, 
believe a league high 32 touchdowns somewhere around there this season and then having one of the best games a first time starter in the playoffs has ever had the youngest team to ever win an NFL playoff game and also the first seven seed to win an NFL playoff game so uh, congrats to the nightmares that Bears fans will be having for uh, seemingly years to come with the ascension of Jordan Love and then the Lions, right? The the, the SOL, as the uh, the Stallion said during the broadcast tonight, Mike Tirico mentioned how in the Detroit area or in the Michigan uh, area that the, the, the SOL doesn't stand for what it used to stand for, but it stands for same old Lions. And for the last 32 years, they haven't won a playoff football game. And by God. A man named Goff came to save the day. You know, it's usually how it goes. Shout out to Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Hey, the Rams, nobody expected them to be really good this year at all. So the fact that they snuck into the playoffs and gave themselves a proper showing and our guy, Tony Gills, dude, Puka Nakua uh, going crazy. When I last checked, he had nine catches in a buck 82, uh, broke the rookie record that was set by DK Metcalf. So they got pieces galore and they're going to be good for a while. Uh, seemingly whether, whether Matt Stafford is there or not going forward. Uh, now, of course the quarterback position matters. And I got into a lot of fights on Twitter about that and probably was, um, uh, misconstrued and, and and confused a lot of people as to why I think the NFL product has become what it's become. Because for whatever reason, we can say this about the NBA, about three-point shots, and we can say it about baseball, and you've heard it on this pod before. We can say all these things about all the other sports and how the game has kind of been you know, homogenized to be one thing and one thing only, and baseball is strikeouts or home runs and nothing in between, you know, three true outcome players, and now they've changed so many rules and they changed three rules in the last three or four years and hadn't changed the rule in the previous 65 for a reason because the product was suffering i think the same thing is happening in the nfl where you've got guys who shouldn't be deemed throwers of the football every single down but the rules have to i guess you've litigated that into the game to be honest with you that throwing is the best uh, avenue to pursue when you're trying to win or sustain some type of success especially offensively but the problem is I'm not entertained as a consumer. The same way the NBA right now has an issue with everyone shooting threes. I'm all for moving the three-point line back a good foot to see if some of these deep three-point shooters can finally be the only shooters on the court. But hey, that's the get-off-my-lawn portion of this pod. And I know all of y'all are dying to hear what I have to say uh, about the NFL being ass once again this season. But I want to take us to what happened uh, on, was it Friday night? Friday night, there was a Ring of Honor ceremony. Now, I went to the Ring of Honor gala Thursday night that the Bulls and everybody uh, attended, uh, you know, the, the the former Bulls that were in attendance and all the people uh, that worked for the team and, you know, Adam Amin and Stacey King, guys who I work with on NBC Sports Chicago, did a great job of uh, kind of emceeing the thing. Um, it was a it was a decent night. And then it was followed up by one of the worst nights, I believe, in Chicago sports history. And you might say, hey, Jay, you put a little bit too much sauce on that. It, it can't be that bad. It couldn't have been that bad. Well, yeah, it was that bad. And and it was a nationwide story. Now, there's nothing that hasn't been said in these last two days um, that I don't echo in terms of it being classless and 
kind of off base to boo not only a dead man, right, who didn't commit any crimes, right, is not involved in any kind of thing that you would uh, you would abhor as a parent or as a human, you know, or, you know, th- there's a lot of things out there that, that we hear people engaging in and they're deserving of booze. But for Jerry Krause and his widow, Thelma Krause, to be subject to booing, uh, and for all those who saw the video footage of it, uh, it was a lot louder in the arena because I was there. It was a lot louder in the arena than it came across on TV. So if you guys heard it on TV, the way I saw the video clips being uh, thrown about the internet, then just imagine it being 10 times louder inside that stadium. Now, I've been on hand for many a sporting event in my life, many. Some terrific, some action-packed, some just downright born, some charged with all the energy of the world. And I can't recall a time that I have had uh, a sense of um, just utter disappointment, utter disappointment. And it's not this, this isn't what Chicago does, because guess what? Uh, this is the same city that had a couple of dudes run on the field and beat the shit out of a, uh, a first base coach with the, with the Lagu brothers, Tom Gamboa, uh, back, back in the day when, when the Kansas City Royals first base coach was just doing his job and all of a sudden two dudes, a father and son combo at that, run out of the uh, Comiskey Park uh, stands or U.S. Cellular Field stands and jump on the first base coach because they just had a few and were tired of whatever the Royals were doing. And who would have thought all these years later that the Royals would be such a big part of the Chicago White Sox infrastructure, huh? It's, it's kind of come full circle, right? Um, I'm not going to say this is not what fans do because I've never been a fan to boo. I, that's never been my style. I've never been the type to, to need to show the players on the field how, how, how much I am displeased with their involvement in the game or how, how dissatisfied I am with their lack of production or their lack of, of, of providing provision, uh, provision of entertainment. Nah, that, that's never, ever been my style. So if you boo, that's fine. I can't stop you from booing. I think it looks a little weird at times, you know, but knock yourself out. But in this moment where we are talking about, and, and, and mind you, just being human sometimes is the answer, right? Because I got a lot of weird dudes in my mentions trying to rationalize why the booing was going on and how you can blame it on someone else, blame it on the Reinsdors, blame it on the Bulls, blame it on everyone else for not understanding that this would obviously happen if you put Jerry Krause's face up on the Jumbotron. And I say to myself, those people are wrong too. Those people are wrong too. Let me take you back. And and this is why it is important um, to understand how your team has been cultivated, why your team was successful, and why you hold teams now to this day to the standard that you do. Jerry Krause was the winningest general manager in Chicago sports franchise history. History. And you may say, well, he inherited. He inherited Michael Jordan. Well, guess what? It's been a lot of players, right, that have been inherited by GMs who have ultimately done nothing with great players, okay? The Cleveland Cavaliers had LeBron James for seven years and couldn't put enough around him to get to a title. He left, okay? And if you want to go back to the last dance, well, God bless you. God bless you for thinking that Michael Jordan would characterize a dude who one time told him that 
you know who you still work for, right? And if you don't know, look up Fred Mitchell's piece back in the day where he had a chance to talk to Jerry Krause. Fred Mitchell, one of the greats of all time in terms of sports journalists in this city, still kicking today. Shout out to Freddie Mitch, the kicker himself. Um, you know, one of the one of the better dudes that you will ever meet in this city. Fred Mitchell we got a chance to look up and read some of Fred Mitchell's old stuff. He sat down with Jerry Krause back in the day and talked to him about the separation and why it happened, how it happened and what Jerry Krause actually was um, sorry that happened during his time at the end of that 98 season. Jerry Krause, and, and, and I'll, hey, I'll, I'll leave it to his words, to be honest with you. Jerry Krause had this to say when it came to the, the separation and the parting of ways between he, Michael Jordan, and Phil Jackson. He said, if Michael chooses to leave because there's another coach here, then that's his choice, Krause told the Tribune from his home way back in the day. This is, this is the 1998-99 season when this was put out. He said, we want him back. We're not driving anybody out. We're not driving Michael out of here. That's bull. That's what Jerry Krause had to say. Okay, he says, also, in Michael's case through the years, it's probably been a little difficult. It goes back to the year when he got hurt, and I didn't want him to play. Michael was all pissed off and saying, I've got to play, and I did not want to be the general manager who put him out there too soon and wrecked his career by messing up his foot again. The doctors kept telling me, there's no way you play him. Let me tell y'all something right now. If that comes out today, y'all are clapping, stomping, and hollering and giving a standing ovation because how fans feel now about management and them telling these players and giving them the marching orders and knowing that they are the employees and the bosses are the bosses. You got fans these days caping now more for owners and executives than they ever have before. So if now was now and not back then, and Jerry Krause would have said that into a camera and he knew that Michael Jordan was getting ready to be Michael Jordan, you would clap for Jerry Krause. You would clap for Jerry Krause. That 17 games in, the guy breaks his foot that's getting ready to be one of the all-time greats, and he says, hey, 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 players, slow it on down. Slow it down, baby. Because that's what's happening right now with Victor Wimbenyama and the San Antonio Spurs. He's not playing back-to-backs. You know, these foot exercises that they constantly have him going through and his team has had him going through for the last year or so, they're monitoring and making sure because the science isn't back, isn't, uh, it, it wasn't back then what it is today. I'll say that again. The science wasn't back then what it is today. And all the information that Jerry Krause was getting about a phenomenal talent that he knew was getting ready to burst onto the scene and already had burst onto the scene was that you are going to hurt this young man by allowing him to play. And when Michael gives his famous pushback, which everybody understood and, and, and cheered for in the last dance, it worked out. But I mean, the process, if you really look at it, was logical. So everybody who wants to do the Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time thing, I, I'm right there with you. I can, I can understand every argument that you got for me. I, hell, I lived through it. I watched it happen, right? But none of that happens without Jerry Krause. And I know, I know you might say, it's Michael Jordan. It would have happened no matter what. Guess what? None of it happens without Tim Grover. None of it happens without Phil Jackson. None of it happens without Scottie Pippen. None of it happens without Horace Grant. None of it happens without, you know, a lot of different pieces. And guess who put these pieces besides Tim Grover around, around Michael Jordan? Jerry Krause did. Jerry Krause did. 
So for everybody, and, and this is the other thing too, for all the arguments that you want to have about Michael Jordan being the greatest of all time, guess what that 98 team was? Out of gas. They said it. They said that they were physically and mentally spent. It was the end of the run. And maybe the strife between Phil Jackson, who is, you know, um, an unnamed uh, suspect in this crime of how much do you hate Jerry Krause? Phil Jackson knew and used his leverage in terms of what the team felt about Jerry Krause and what Jerry Krause and, my, and Jerry Reinsdorf weren't willing to give Phil Jackson, which was total control of the organization. So he used that as a rallying cry, which any good coach would, but he used it to an extent that made it an uncomfortable and untenable situation between he and his boss. And we've all had bosses before. Hell, I've had several of them. And I've gotten into it with several of them. And guess what? I had to move on at certain points in my career. You know why? Because the boss is going to get the last say. So for everybody acting like they don't understand business, they don't understand legacy, and for everybody out there who chose to, to, to remove all that information that I just gave you, you know, the whole trading Olden Polonies for Scottie Pippen, the whole trading Charles Oakley for Bill Cartwright and getting yourself a center who, who was, you know, a defensive figure down the stretch you know, to begin, I should say, those title runs, to begin those title runs in the early 90s. Integral pieces, finding John Paxson, finding Steve Kerr, finding Horace Grant and drafting him. Adding Tex Winter to a staff, adding Johnny Bach to a staff, finding Phil Jackson in the CBA. Never mind the fact, and that's the basketball stuff. Never mind the fact, never mind the fact that Neil Funk announced to the crowd that receiving this honor tonight for Jerry Krause was his widow, Thelma, who sat there and heard her husband be booed unmercifully and then started to shake and cry. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I'm not a softy. I don't believe I am one. But if you have a loved one, if you have a spouse, if you have a significant other, and, and you have the misfortune to watch them go before you go, I can't imagine what it is to come outside and expect for an honor to be bestowed upon them and to hear them booed, knowing damn well what they brought to that organization and to this city. It was shameful, it was classless, and anybody else that's caping for it is just telling you what kind of individual that you can be allowed to be if you have, I, how would I say this? Um, cowardice. Cowardice draped in anonymity. That's all it is. The tomatoes coming from the cheap seats. It was a bad look for the city, through and through. It was a horrible look for the city. And I know it wasn't all Bulls fans, but it was loud enough. It was loud enough. And to see that little lady shaking and crying and putting her hands up like, I don't know what I did. <laughs> and to see Ron Harper console her and put his hand on her shoulder. It was a bad moment. It was an awful night. It was an awful night. The three most important figures in, the, in that situation, especially down the stretch in those last three titles, and Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Michael Jordan not being there, bad look. Phil Jackson receiving the loudest of ovations. Apparently, 
apparently we 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 forget what Jerry Krause has done, right? And and we forget what Jerry Krause has said, but we also probably have forgotten what Phil Jackson has said as of late as well. You can go ahead and Google and find out how Phil Jackson feels about recent events. It was a bad look. It was a bad look for the Chicago Bulls organization. It was a bad look for the Chicago Bulls fan base. I don't care who wants to spin it, which way, how way. If you're one of the dudes, and by the way, it was dudes, all right? You know why? Because lame dads grew up to raise lame sons. It was all dudes doing this. So this is why I'm excluding the ladies on this one. If you were one of these dudes who are out there booing, you either don't know shit about basketball, don't know anything about the Chicago Bulls, or... You're just happy to be one of the mob out there being as as classless and as um as low as you possibly can be. And if you feel like this is a lecture, I'm glad it hit that way. We got more for you all throughout the full go. We'll be here for you every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Thursday, or when there's emergency pod. This has been the local angle. We appreciate you so much for hanging out with us here on FanDuel TV. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. After an incredible eh, NFL Super Wildcard weekend, we're on to the divisional round for these teams. It's win or go home, but you'll always have a spot in the playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W, much like Jameis Winston would. The Casual Betting Brothers have put together a three-leg same-game parlay for Eagles versus Tampa in Tampa. We got the Buccaneers plus two and a half at home. We got Devontae Smith being an anytime touchdown scorer with no A.J. Brown. And Jalen Hurts getting over 40 and a half rushing yards. He's going to have to move around if the offense is going to succeed in Tampa against those Buccaneers. So once again, we got the Bucs plus two and a half. Devontae Smith is an anytime touchdown scorer. And Jalen Hurts over 40 and a half rushing yards. So if you want to follow my picks, go to FanDuel right now. New customers get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you play your first $5 bet, just visit fanduel.com slash full go. It's fanduel.com slash F U L L G O to join today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit the ringer.com slash RG. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non withdrawable bonus best that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. It was loud on TV. Yeah. I had the volume up. Yeah. And let's it, it and let's and let's hurt. let's you know let's keep this part in the pod too because I do want to talk to you guys about it. Um, yeah, man. I I was and 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 there are a lot of folks that were in my you know, uh, mentions who were saying a lot of things about, you know, why it should happen and why, you know, you should just expect it to happen. 
and I keep going back to it, and I think I said this about 100 episodes or so ago because I remember Dominique Foxworth actually hitting me up and then actually talking about it on his pod, and I forget who I was talking about being petty, but in this, in this generation of celebrating pettiness, like as, as if it's a, uh, a characteristic, especially that men should celebrate, it, it, it befuddles me that any fan of the Chicago Bulls can, and any sports fan in this city, in this city, bereft of championships outside of that organization, right? We got 85, we got what, 63 for the Bears when they were the world champions and not the, not the Super Bowl champions because the Super Bowl hadn't been invented yet. We got 85 and 63, okay? We got what? We got 05 for the Sox. We got 20, was it 16 for the Cubs? I always mess these numbers up. Oh. Yeah, 2016 for the Cubs. We got four championships in other people's lifetimes, not just our lifetime, but other are the, the older generation's lifetime. We got four of them. And then you get the hockey run that you got, which everyone jumped on the bandwagon for a little bit, and then everyone jumped their ass right back off. Okay, so you got seven total in, in a couple of generations. And, and, and a little murky, a little murky in hockey too now. Exactly, we'll back on exactly. But you got seven. In a couple of generations of sports fans, you got six from one run, one run, and you dare. And by the way, I use the term architect because of Jerry Krause. I use it because of Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause was the first person I ever heard called deemed or termed the architect of a team. You know why? Because that's exactly who he was and what he was. He took a, a dude who he knew was going to be a phenomenal talent. Shout out to Rod Thorne, who was the one that, you know, called in the card and said, hey, we're going to take Michael Jordan. You know, if they're going to take Sam Bowie, we're going to take Michael Jordan. We're going to figure this thing on out. We we realize that you can't put him next to Clyde Drexler for whatever reason. So we're going to bring him on here to Chicago and see what gets down. My man, Terry Boers, who was covering uh, Michael at that time, said it took him, what, two or three practices to understand that he was the best player on the team. So you think, and this is the other thing too, man. Jerry Krause, this is Chicago dude. This is Taft High School, right? This is this is a cat who who was around sports and of sports his entire life. Now, was he a little unassuming? Was he, um, you know, did he fumble with his words? Was he a little crass? Did he have maybe some 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 awkward social moments? Yes, very much so. Did he have quote unquote little man complex? Yes. Were there insecurities? Yes. Yes. But in the end, he got the job done. When we look at all of these GMs who come and go in this city, who say things on, on their, their, their first interview with the media, their first press conference about what they're going to bring to the city. And, and, and you know why the standard became the standard? Because in the 90s, the Bulls set the bar for the entire world. Not just the city of Chicago, the entire world. This is the standard of excellence. And the team and franchise has dropped so far below that in the, in the last 15, 20 years that you look back on those times and everything involved with it, you should be cheering for. How the hell are you going to cheer for Dennis Rodman more than you cheer for Jerry Krause? Do y'all not remember the, 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 the dreaded Pistons that you hated so much? 
And who was pushing Scottie Pippen into the stanchion? And who was hard fouling Michael Jordan? Yeah, he was being a competitor, but these are the dudes that you hated, right? Like, I, I, I don't understand it for the life of me. And I'm not caping for Jerry Krause. I didn't have any great interactions with Jerry Krause. I put him on the phone two times as a producer when I booked him. When Jerry Krause stepped down, I was in Vegas getting ready to cover a fight with Jonathan Hood. Like, I, I wasn't around, you know, for, the, for all of the Jerry Krause era. But as a fan, as a kid who understood that every single night during the winter, I had my crew that I was going to hang out with watching Sports Channel every single night when the Bulls were on and understanding, all right, this guy fits. This guy doesn't fit. Okay, this is a new piece that they want. This is a guy that they might have to trade. This is a guy that's an up-and-coming player. Man, the early 90s were a ball for me. The late 80s, early 90s is when I came into my own as a fan because I was a child. I was eight, nine years old. And then they won their first one when I was 11 or 12. And I was like, oh, this is how it's supposed to feel from here on out. The final championship, the last day, all right? The, the, I graduated when Michael Jordan hit his shot against the Utah Jazz. And like I've said on this pod, you know, umpteen times before, everybody else outside kicking it, last day of, you know, school, you know, graduation parties, you know, and, you know, them girls have been writing in your yearbook all, you know, and they, they writing that, that, those things in your yearbook. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm a cash this in tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm in the crib, in the living room watching a dynasty come to an end. Not knowing why, by the way. And that's the other thing, too. You know, to, to wrap yourself in ignorance as, as to, well, you know, this is what happened, and, you know, this is how I felt at the time. And then you get more information. K Casey Johnson for NBC Sports Chicago and formerly of the Chicago Tribune, who's been covering the Bulls for 30 years, he not only formed a bond with Jerry Krause, but he formed one with his wife, Thelma, Right. And the things that he wrote about Jerry Krause after The Last Dance aired and what Jerry was about, what, what he wasn't about, uh, how, how hard and meticulous a worker he was. This man was doing baseball at the, end of his, at the end of his career. He was scouting for baseball teams. Like this was a multi-sport talent evaluator. I remember Jerry Krause one time at the Birdo telling me, you know, about Pedro Stoyakovich when he was 15 years old and saying, hey, man, I, I, knew I, I knew I saw the greatest shooter or the best shooter the NBA was going to see at 15. Like, Jerry Krause was that dude, man. So because he was a little short and because he was a little chubby, and because, you know, the, the, you know that, that eye would catch you, you know, off balance every once in a while, doesn't mean he wasn't a man. Doesn't mean that he wasn't a giant when it came to talent evaluation. So of all cities. Because MJ told him to. Because MJ told y'all to. Well, but, but that's the thing, too. Like, one day we're going to get to the real, real of this and understand that uh, Chicago has always loved Michael Jordan more than Michael Jordan has loved Chicago. And shout out to Marcus right, who I've had conversations with before and had on this pod, right? Shout out to the family, right? And there's no, there's no shot to anybody. It's not a shot to Michael either. But, hey, y'all, y'all think when the Warriors celebrate their run, you think Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green ain't going to be there? 
when LeBron gets celebrated by Cleveland, Miami, or if LA chooses to do so, you think that LeBron ain't going to be there? It's an empty calendar. I'm sure the Bulls said, hey, pick a date, my man. Pick a date that's free for you. Now, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, right? There's a lot happening. And maybe this is just the last dig at, hey, organizations don't win championships. I did. Maybe. I'm not saying it is, but maybe that's the case. But you leave all of that up to interpretation when you don't show up. And I'm not saying you have to show up. All I'm saying is for an entire city to continuously turn on a dude who brought you so much, who helped bring you so much joy. There's no way in hell we should be cheering. And shout out to Judd, and his name just popped in my head. Judd Bushler got more cheers than Jerry Krause did. Right? Like, what are we talking about here? And this is another thing, too. You know, if you're going to celebrate Jerry Sloan, please celebrate Norm Van Leer. There were a whole bunch of things about, was it Friday night? I keep on forgetting, you know, because the days, this, this month of January, bro, like the first month in the new year for me is always a blur, always a haze. So my apologies. But if you're going to celebrate Mr. Bull and Jerry Sloan, right? And, and you had his daughter at the gala, right? And, and, and she accepted his honor. Please celebrate Norm Van Leer with that too. Understand what that backcourt did to people and why it did it and, and, who, and who the soul of the team was as well. And I look forward to the next Ring of Honor night. They're going to be doing them every couple of years. I look forward to when I'm more old and more gray when they bring back Derrick Rose and when they bring back Luol Deng and Kirk Heinrich and all those boys. When they bring back Joakim Noah. And nah, nah, that ain't never happening. That ain't never, ever happening. Can I tell y'all what happened actually at the, uh, I'll give y'all a little tidbit and this might get me in trouble. It might not, but who, who cares? Right. Um, I'm at the gala and I'm with my lady and, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf walks over and he says, hello. I say, Hey, how you doing? Jerry leans over to me and says, you know, you're really good at what you do. You know, your stuff. And then he, pauses for a couple of seconds and he says I don't think you're that funny though now mind you this is my first real conversation or interaction with Jerry Reinsdorf in my life in my life so then I in that moment had two routes to go it would either be the you know the route that many would go (laughs) or it would be the golf route Guess which one I chose? I, I simply leaned down and said, luckily for me, you're not the only opinion that matters. He, he walks away for a couple of steps. He talks to a couple other people. He comes back over to me. He taps me on my side and he goes, maybe you're funnier than I thought. And he keeps it moving. Like, yeah, that, that happened on Thursday night. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But what should have been a joyous occasion and a joyous event was marred by a few thousand idiots who do not understand the history of this team, understand the history, hell, of the league. You can't write the history of the NBA without mentioning Jerry Krause. You can't. It's impossible. And he's one of the few general managers in league history that you can do that with. Now, you may say, you got to write that history with him because he forced out Michael Jordan. Man, if you don't go back and watch The Last Dance and see that those brothers were telling you they were dog-tired, that Utah team, like, you know, we one day we're going to talk about what the, what the NBA, you know, was in the late 90s. Okay? That Utah team... <laughs> you look at some of them scores go back and take a look at some of them scores and and the jokes have come out about you know mailmen guarding michael jordan and, and and as opposed to some of the athletes that are guarding some of the dudes today and that's all in good fun we all understand the supremacy that mike had and has over the game of basketball forever and ever we all understand that it's undeniable but that team was running on fumes and anybody covering it was saying it as well go back and read these things are locked in the internet forever for you. There was questions abound throughout that year. And it wasn't just because, well, they're, you know, this, this team is, has <laughs> got three or four more rings left in them and, and they're just getting blown up. No, Jerry Krause did exactly what y'all want general managers to do now, which is not wait too long to move on. But since it happened to your favorite player, since it happened to uh, arguably the greatest player of all time, the circumstance and the scenarios and the narratives change around that. I just, you know, no matter how much you dislike a person, if they are phenomenal at their job and their job brings you entertainment, right? Their, their output brings you entertainment. How can you boo that? How can you boo that? And just the psyche of booing. Like, I've never, I'm, I'm not one of these people who claps at the movies. You know, you see these goofy-ass people who are clapping during a movie because the scene was so breathtaking. Now, now we all got to miss the next two minutes of lines because your dumb ass think we had a play. And, and you need to let the actors who have already taped and filmed this thing a year ago know that you, you appreciate them and, and you want to show it by clapping. I'm not that, well, I'm self-centered in a lot of ways, but I'm not that self-centered that I have to impart myself on the event at all times. You know what happens? Because I go to a comedy to uh, a comedy show or two, you know? I, I, that's whenever I need some inspiration, and it ain't joke stealing, right? It ain't none of that. But whenever I need some inspiration, I either listen to music or I watch comedy or I try to get myself to a comedy show. Just so I could see artists on a stage doing their thing and also working on things and some of them not working. And guess what you do when you don't like what's happening on a stage? 
You just be quiet. Silence is deafening to a comedian. Silence is deafening to somebody who's giving a speech and thinks they're hitting the point and pauses for that, you know, that dramatic effect and waiting for the applause and they get nothing. If you don't like Jerry Krause, just cheer harder for the next name, whoever it may be. But the fact that everybody who saw that, and, and this is the other thing too, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit being thrown in the game here because there was spotlights on the participants during the ring of honor. There were spotlights on each person. So as the spotlight moved, you saw who was getting announced. You know, Jerry Krause ain't alive. That's, that's, that's another part of this booing a dead man, booing a dead man who hasn't been involved in any scandal, who hasn't been involved in, 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 you know, any criminal activity. Hell, we can't keep, we can't keep bears coaches in the office for more than a year without having, you know, there's a lot of things you can do when it comes to Jerry Krause. I just ask if anything is to be done by you, the Bulls fan. And, and this is the other thing. There are going to be people who are going to plant their flag and give you all the rationalizations of why it's okay or why it should be understood or why it should be expected. And I'll just counter with, how about being human? How about being human? Like the reasons why you can do a lot of things shouldn't be the reasons why you do them, if that makes any sense. There's a whole bunch of rationalizations when it comes to, well, I react because this happened and this made me feel like this. So it gave me the, the, the impetus to, to be an asshole or, you know, the, the, he broke up my favorite team. So I now could be a complete fucking jerk in, in, in a night that's meant to be a celebration. By the way, your team is winning at halftime against a dynastic team that broke the record of the team that you are celebrating. There's so many things intertwined here where you're like, why the fuck am I booing? I got six championships out of this. I got six. You should pray and hope for a Jerry Krause-like figure to run any one of these fucking teams. <laughs> It, it, it is amazing to me. Absolutely amazing to me. We're in a culture of lack of accountability. We're in a culture of, of, of you know, always having a reason why we can be assholes instead of just being human. Hmm? That lady is probably in her most vulnerable moment watching her, her husband, the love of her life, the man that she watched, you know, have sleepless nights, countless hours, and be belittled throughout that entire time by his employees. Nobody knows, no one knows more than your partner knows about what you go through at work and how work is treating you, how you're dealing with work, the pressures of work. Thelma Krause heard stories and seen things that nobody ever has ever seen before. And what she do, she put on her finest dress, got into a car and said, take me to the United Center. They are celebrating my husband tonight. She sat herself down on the court that her husband in part 
help fund and build because without her, without Jay Krause, there's no BJ Armstrong here. There's no Stacey King here. There's no Will Purdue here. Okay? There's a lot of people who have affected our lives that aren't here. They're in other cities. Okay? Other legacies could be created or not, by the way. There are a lot of people who are very thankful for Jerry Krause. Michael Jordan himself has said that bygones be bygones when it comes to that man. Phil Jackson has not. So that lets you know who's still holding on to what. But for that to reign supreme on that night, for her to come to that arena and sit down and see her, her beloved husband on the jumbotron and then to hear him booed unmercifully and y'all want to tell me all the reasons why it was okay? Yeah, all right. Check yourself. Get your, get your priorities in order. Understand that as a fan or as a human, you both look stupid in that, in that manner, in that instance. And I don't care if it sounds or feels like a lecture. It is what it is. Y'all want people to soft toss everything except for when it's coming at you. Oh, don't, don't take it easy on them, golf. You know, uh, ask the hard questions. You know, don't, hey, media, we're, we're, let's get to the bottom of this. But when it's turned on y'all as fans, oh, well, now, hey, we, hey, hold on now. There's a bunch of reasons why. You know, these, <laughs> these, aren't, these aren't excuses. These are variables. Nah, it's not that. And anybody who's digging in and planting the flag, you already know what type of time they on. You already know how they was raised. And you also already know the, the, the lack of humanity that probably comes with that person. Nobody should be booed seven years after they pass away, 15 some odd, 20 some odd years after they're off of a job while they're being celebrated for being the most successful at their job in the city's history. We got pieces of shit that will be celebrated in this city for years to come. The names, some of which you know, and some of which you don't know. And that's the dude you choose to take your ire out on on that night with his widow sitting right there with the spotlight on her so all the excuses can be removed for the people who were actually in the stadium? Yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> that ain't for me. And it shouldn't have been for y'all either. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. That kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. I remember what I used to watch, and it ain't even that long ago. We're not even talking about 20, 25 years ago. The football was better for whatever reason and has been declining for the last half decade plus. And everyone's scared to fucking say it. Everyone's acting like they, they can put the, the, the ball in the hands of above average to good players over and over and over again, and you'd be led to conquests and, and, and glory. Dak Prescott is still uh, a fourth-round quarterback out of Mississippi State who got beat up on spring break. He's, he, he's, still, he's still the dude. Hey, he better love police a whole lot this weekend because – <laughs> the state of Texas is on his ass. You hear me? Dak Prescott is still Dak Prescott. That man had 21 throws in the first half of a football game. They were down 20, 27 to nothing. 27 to 7. Come on, man. That man was throwing in the in the in the coverages 
that looked like he had never seen him before. Mike McCarthy was thoroughly outcoached. And guess why? Because all regular season long, y'all let a four or five game run fool y'all into believing that he was one of them four or five dudes. And he ain't. And no one is. Unless you Lamar, unless you Joe, unless you Josh, or unless you Pat, you everybody else in the league. And when you everybody else in the league, I'm going to find out how good your coaching is. I'm going to find out what kind of what kind of football you actually can play. That's why, say what you want about Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and the beat goes on because they play football. <laughs> They're more physical than you. Reason why Dan Campbell beat Sean McVay, the offensive genius, you know why? Because his line of scrimmage was better than theirs. Aaron Donald was on a milk carton. Aiden Hutchinson was on Matthew Stafford. It's a simple game. It's a simple game. Can you block? Can you tackle? I don't give a shit what you think you got at the quarterback position. If I continue to fall on him because I'm playing football at a different level than you are, you, it's only so many throws you can pull out your ass before it's going to be time to go the other way with it. Motherfuckers was having Joe Flacco parties, the redemption song. What happened? D'Amico Ryans and them boys put a, put a defense out there that bust his ass. Couple of pick sixes later, we talking about C.J. Stroud and how great he is. You know why? Because Laramie Tunsil is a fucking dog. Laramie Tunsil damn near blew out his ACL in the first quarter, looked down at it, put it back together, started touching his knee and shit, and got his ass back up and was the best player on the field after that. Football is football, man. And I don't care what the rules are telling you you should do and have to do. It's just like the and, – and, and by the way, it's okay to say the product ain't shit. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay because we can't wait to do it to every other sport. We can't wait to do it to basketball. We can't wait to do it to baseball. But when it comes to football, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Strikeouts and three-pointers. That's what we cry about with these other two sports and the fundamentals and how the game is, is, is bereft of fundamentals. But when it comes to football, oh, well, the rules ask you to throw every down. Well, guess what? <laughs> what if you don't have a person who should throw every down? What you going to do then? This whole rookie deal theory, by the way, a little bit of a misnomer. How many times has it worked? Well, well you, you win while your quarterback is a rookie. That, that's when you get the, the most value out of them. Cool, cool. And you hope you win. But if you don't win, like a, teams, like a lot of teams who don't win, right? Because a lot of teams don't win during a quarterback's rookie deal. Then you're the Seattle Seahawks. After you tell the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch, we're going to hand this thing over to Russell Wilson. There's only about four or five of these guys every generation. In my, in my younger years, in my youth, <laughs> there was like 10 or 11 of them. And now that people don't have time to find out if there are 10 or 11 of them, because if you ain't the man immediately, then all right, <laughs> time, to, time to move on. Now, all this stuff that we're saying about young quarterbacks, hey, Brandon Staley and the L.A. Chargers proved to you that I don't give a shit what your young quarterback is. If you're not developing, nurturing, and putting talent around that person, then you're just another thrower. You're just another thrower. How are you going to win football games if you can't do it the way that the greats are doing it? You know, don't give me the outliers all the time. Give me what you're going to do to, to, to insulate 
um, the possibility that you might not have that dude. And it's okay if you don't have that dude. Just don't act like you got that dude. Nothing in me has ever thought that Dak Prescott was that dude. This season, <laughs> not the season that he was getting ready to get paid. Now, does he have streaks where he's playing like that dude? A couple of games here, there? Yeah. Yeah. Does he have a month where he's playing like that dude? Yeah. Was this year one of those years that it looked like he was playing like that dude? Sure. Is he? And will he ever be that dude? Not to me. Not to me. And damn sure not to CeeDee Lamb out there. CeeDee Lamb caught a million and five balls this year. Had three targets and one catch in, in 30 minutes of playoff action. First half, he caught his first ball at the two-minute warning of the first half. So you put it on Mike McCarthy, you can put it on the offensive coordinator. All I know is maybe just maybe you're putting too much on an above average to really good player's shoulders. And when you don't have that guy, what are you doing around the football team? This is the other thing. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> the Cowboys been lighting the ass for this entire season. Anytime they had a physical team put up against them, they got ran off the line. Buffalo Bills did it to them a few weeks back, and we should all have been like, oh, oh, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles have been the walking dead. What the 49ers do to them? Anytime that they had a formidable opponent or somebody we respected, they got their ass ran off the line. They're built to play against a passing league full of guys who you kind of don't respect as passers. So they dominate in the regular season. They get busy in the regular season. But when it's time to hit good pitching, guess what you need to do? Play football. And guess what the Green Bay Packers offensive line did the entire game? Blow their ass off the ball. That's all. Jordan Love, he looked great. But guess what? How many times did you see Jordan Love have people hanging all over him? Didn't happen. Didn't happen. He got touched up a couple of times, but didn't it wasn't some run for your life. It's football in the end, man. It's football. Can you block it? <laughs> and can you go get it? That's all you at the line of scrimmage. What are you? And then you fill in the pieces around that. There's a league, man, where you got all the uh, Nick Mullins threw the ball 44 times in an NFL football game this season. And y'all going to tell me that this brand of football is what y'all like the best? I don't like watching basketball the way I used to. Because if it's going to be a three-point contest, then some of the, the variants of the game gets, and I'm just talking, I'm not even talking about, and this other thing, you know, the, the nerds, the, the, I, I tweeted about it. Anytime you let the nerds in, prepare for the fun to leave. Right. And y'all might say, well, you know, yeah, he doesn't like smart. No, I'm not talking about not liking smart. I'm talking about liking cool <laughs> things that are fun. <laughs> if all I need to do is shoot 53s and you have a math problem, then what the fuck am I watching this game for? Like, <laughs> I came up in an era where post-play was cool. It was fun. Right? Styles make fights, right? We still like boxing because of that. So now that we're in an era where everybody's shooting the ball, you know, 45, 50 times a game from the three-point arc, all right, let's move this thing on back. Let's move it back a foot so we can find out who the real shooters are. 
Let's cut out the corner three, right? Let's broaden that arc out so much so that it's only wings and top of the key that you can get three points from. And I promise you the game will be more fun. I promise you. Now, I don't know how you can litigate uh, the run game back into football, but man, have y'all seen, and and we see it every once in a while, and we celebrate it when we do. When when you see a 15 or 12 play drive and nine or 10 of them is runs, and you knowing that all an offensive coordinator is doing is like, hey, we about to punk the shit out of y'all for a good seven minutes. Y'all ready? That shit is fun. It's hilariously fun to me to see grown men get moved over and over and over again against their will. Or, or we can watch Sam Howell throw for 3,600 yards. If that's your, you know, if that's your depiction of fun. The only reason football didn't have the problem maybe that the other sports do is because of the gambling aspect. Shout out to FanDuel. You know, shout out to FanDuel and the casual betting brothers who will get you something at the end of this pod or the middle of this pod, wherever we put the damn bets. (laughs) But seriously, man, fantasy football and gambling have saved this sport from ridicule for a generation now. I remember AFC and NFC championship weekend being the pinnacle to me on the sports calendar. For years, that weekend was better than the Super Bowl. Now the Super Bowl has become, you know, the game has actually lived up to the hype more times. And I, I, as a kid, you go back and look at some of them scores, Super Bowl was ass for like 12, 13 years in a row. Blowouts, lopsided games, you know, uneventful games. Hell, Desmond Howard was the, was the MVP. Shout out to Desmond Howard. But Desmond Howard was the MVP of the Super Bowl because he had a kick return touchdown. Like, there were times where the Super Bowl was not enjoyable. You'd watch it for for the halftime show and for the commercials and, of course, the spectacle of it being the final game of the season. But the AFC and NFC Championship games were destined to be what you tuned in for because you knew you were going to get outstanding football that day. Hey, you remember the people, by the way, who... who, uh, who always got upset with the NBA. Like, oh, half the team, if half your league makes the playoffs, then, you know, you're going to have a shit product. Who wants to watch that? Meanwhile, seven teams now make the uh, the NFC playoffs and seven teams make the AFC playoffs. That's 14. You got 32 franchises. Now, my math, you know, is not that good, but that's almost half the league, if I'm not mistaken. It's exactly too shy of being half the league. So while y'all are watching the Browns and the Steelers participate in the playoffs with quarterbacks named Mason Rudolph and Joe Flacco and trying to convince me that the product is good, I'm watching it, understanding what the hell I'm seeing. It's not good. We just love it. It's a religion in this country. It's it's the holiest thing that 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 could take over your Sunday outside of whatever God you pray to. But for Super Wild Card Weekend to have one game out of the four that wasn't miserable because that Chiefs-Dolphins game wasn't good. You could blame that on, on the, uh, the weather. External factors, fine. But that Texans-Browns game wasn't good. Wasn't good. 
Packers Cowboys. Come on, man. And, uh, and by the way, shout out to all the people out there. You know, the internet won again. <laughs> the internet won again. Jerry Jones losing on MLK weekend. Chef's kiss, huh? <laughs> the Hulk Hogan, <laughs> the Hulk Hogan meme of, you know, back in the day when Hulk Hogan was getting ready to write the NWO <laughs> spray painted on the trailer, but he got the end and then he only got the, you know, one little line in the W out and people use that meme to, you know, say other things. Now <laughs> I saw somebody put out there that Hulk Hogan writing naysayer on the trailer was akin to what Jerry Jones was doing to Dak Prescott's car at halftime. <laughs> like it was a lot of good stuff out there. It's a lot of good stuff out there. Saw my man, Sam Morrill, one of the funniest comedians in the business tweet out that Jerry Jones hasn't been this upset since the Civil Rights Act was passed. <laughs> America's team, huh? They keep getting their ass kicked right on America's stage, too. Like, that was a woodshed. That was an ass kicking. Like, that was as bad as it gets. You had pick sixes. I hope, I, I hope we remember this one. Yeah, I hope we remember this, one too. The score does not justify no. what happened Mm-mm. in that game. No, 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 no. No, no. That was foobar. That was <laughs> that was nasty. And Bears fans, I know. We we saw why the Packers we, we saw why the Packers fired McCarthy and hired LaFleur. That was justified, right? Hey, there. We, we we saw why the Bears should have hired an offensive coach uh from the get go. The full goal with Jason Golf. And meanwhile, you know, back at the ranch, um, the Bears have interviewed four potential offensive coordinator candidates. Uh, Liam Cohen. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Right. Kentucky football has really been lighting up my television screen. Um, not to say that he's not a genius uh, play caller in the making, but n- no thanks. Um, Greg Olson. Huh? Anybody want Greg Olson? Not the Greg Olson that Mike Martz had traded. By the way, he's turned himself into an outstanding broadcaster. Outstanding broadcaster. Like A1 broadcaster. Shout out to Greg Olson. We should, we should try to get G-Reg with third leg on sometimes. And if y'all don't know why I referred to him as that, uh, go, ahead and, go ahead and Google uh, the seventh floor boys. Um, Kyle, do you, know, do you know the seventh floor boys rap or freestyle? Uh, that was put out years ago by a group of University of Miami football players. If you don't, that'll be the homework for next week. Go ahead and look that up. It's pretty fun. Shane Waldron, who called plays for the Seattle Seahawks and, of course, engineered Geno Smith's comeback player of the year season last year. There's some some interesting names. Clint Kubiak, son of Gary Kubiak, former backup quarterback and offensive coordinator himself, apparently. Uh, Clint with a K, by the way, huh? Not just, not C-L-I-N-T, K-L-I-N-T. Did not know that Gary Kubiak was a member of the Bloods gang. Uh, so he might have a, he might have a leg up in the, in the running if that's the case. But the names that are being thrown out there, I know Frank Reich is a name that people are throwing out there. And we still don't know who the quarterback is going to be. And I'd like to hear from some of these, uh, these candidates how the interviewers are going. 
Because that should give you an indication of who the quarterback's going to be. What are you talking right. about? Right. You sit, you sit down like, <laughs> would you like to take this job? Uh, sure. Uh, who's going to be my quarterback? Well, <laughs> about that. We got to look at the tape. We got to tell you the same thing we told the fans and the media the other day. We're going to take a look at the tape, and we'll let you know if it's going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jordan Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, or Justin Fields. We can't tell you that right now, and please don't tell anybody what, what happened in this interview because that might give people some kind of key to where we are going. If we were betting men here, which we are, shout out to FanDuel once again. Caleb Williams, Justin Fields, I'm, I'm, we've had this conversation for the last year now. Um, which way are we lean in today as we sit here recording on the 14th of January, this beautiful Sunday evening, you know, MLK weekend, Caleb Williams or Justin Fields? By the way, you know, you know the bullet that the Bears dodged, luckily? If Drake May was the consensus number one uh, prospect at the quarterback position, uh, there would be an up, up, like, upheaval, an uprising. Kidding me? Uh, the Rainbow Coalition, the Operation Push, everything would be marching out there, Soldier Field. It would be it would be interesting to watch just the city explode. You think the city is exploding uh, on Justin Fields versus, uh, you know, good Justin versus bad Justin? Or are you in Justin's camp or are you not in Justin's camp? Yeah, just imagine if Drake May was out here like eh. Justin versus Tyson. Oh, my God. Justin, that did happen. I, I try to scrub it from my memory, but that did happen. Y'all were running around out here nope. saying that Tyson Bajant was the guy and that Justin Fields should be fighting for his job. And then six interceptions later in only four games, <laughs> y'all said, you know what? Maybe we should stop talking about Tyson Bajant. Maybe, just maybe, we should stop talking about Tyson Bajant. But right now, where are we sitting? If you were a betting man, where do you think the Bears are leaning towards? I, I think it will be Caleb Williams. I think all of this is just, you know, it's just smokescreen stuff. The whole we got to be blown away once again. I, I think I think they've I think they've had enough and seen enough of Justin Fields and are ready to move on. Uh, I'm with you on that. I I think the you know it, it's weird. It's like it, this is like the most awkward position to be in when you have all these options. Right. Usually when you have options, you feel great. You're like, man, I can do a bunch of different stuff. This is like one of those rare times, like for a sports fan to be like, ah, this feels gross. Right. <laughs> but I, I do think that I don't think he could pass up that opportunity to, to take his guy. Um, yeah. But yeah. that number one and, pick. And, and to take maybe a generational talent. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's out there yeah. too. Like as yeah. much as I want Justin to stay and be here, I'm not gonna deny that this could be a franchise change. Caleb Williams might be right. cold. He he could be one of those dudes yeah. that regardless yeah. of what's going on in the organization, he can uplift the mediocrity that, that you're in. And he could do that. So I have to leave the door open as much as I would like Justin to kind of be that guy here. But and if you didn't understand a word that Tony just said because he's underwater, it's okay. It's okay. We will we'll release a transcript of Tony's comments uh, at a later date. Okay? All right. So there you have it. The Bears' offensive coordinator search continues. Um, <laughs> I also saw this too, by the way. <laughs> Who? man, Kari Thompson. <laughs> This was the tweet of the night, by the way. Like, Twitter was a fun place this this uh, this Sunday. You know, it's usually 
it used to be, I should say, like a cool sports bar, like an online sports bar where you're just throwing out stuff and, you know, conversing with the folks and, you know, watching people get their best shit off. Now it's just become a place where it's a mess and the ads are all over the place. And anytime Sexy Red tweets, you're scared to, you know, scroll through her replies. Um, and for all those out there, uh, don't, uh, whatever you do, uh, whenever Sexy Red tweets, whatever you do, don't go look at her replies. Or maybe you do. Maybe you do. And you, you see something. Um, <laughs> is this the first time Sexy Red has been brought up on the pod? It only took us 340 episodes, right? Uh, here, where, where's my man, Kari Thompson? Oh, yeah. This is Kari Thompson, who, uh, uh, by the way, uh, one of my favorite follows. Uh, he is over there at WE. Well, he used to be a WEEI. Uh, you know, he's he's at KD Thompson 5. This is what he had to say about the, uh, the Cowboys-Packers debacle and the fallout after. He said that Jerry Jones is already looking up the Rooney Rule candidates to interview before he hires Bill Belichick on Martin Luther King Day, which is amazing, which is fuck. Hey, take a bow, bro. Take a bow. That's how you hit a home run right there. <laughs> Touch them all, Kari. You'll never hit one bigger. Uh, and I said bigger, by the way. You know, I got to make sure with the context of everything that I just mentioned in Jerry Jones, I said bigger with a B, okay? Just making sure for all you naysayers out there who don't understand. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Golf Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have here for episode 340 of the Full Go Podcast. Want to thank uh, ourselves because we did this thing solo. Uh, appreciate our production staff as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Want to thank the Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton, and the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, the dad, the myth, the legend, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thank you so much for downloading this thing, following us on the socials, sharing it with your family and friends. Uh, appreciate you guys rating and reviewing this thing, giving it the five stars you know it needs. If not, we will see you in the streets. Uh, not this week, though, because this is cold. It is cold, all right? It is not C-O-L-D. It is C-O-D-E, cold, okay? It, there, there is an icicle hanging from everything outside. You, you are... You are a, an unwise person if you are spending any time outside the crib these last couple of days into these next couple of days. It is nasty. Make sure y'all are keeping those, uh, what is it, keeping those cabinets under the sink open so, so some of the heat can get to those pipes so you don't have those busted pipes. I saw something was $71 million in property damage last year because of frozen pipes in the, in the state of Illinois. Okay, so keep that continuous drip going in your bathroom and 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 kitchen faucets so that your pipes won't burst. Cause Lord knows you hate when your pipes burst, you know? You know, when you when you're not when you're not getting proper flow through your pipes, you know, there's only one person to blame it on. And and <laughs> we know who that is. <laughs> Get in here, woman. No, I'm just messing with y'all. I'm just messing with y'all. Uh, yeah, so make sure y'all stay safe, stay warm out there. Um, check for your local warming centers, right? Check on your old folks. 
You know, they got that thin skin. They don't know how cold it is until it's too late. All right. Go out there and throw some blankets on some people out there that, that, that don't have homes. Right. The unhoused out there. Um, you know, this would be a great time for us to band together as a city and stop worrying about what the migrants are doing and are doing and actually just be human. I think was the uh, the theme of tonight's show, right? Just just be a human, right? <laughs> just try to do something good for somebody out there. Um, and if you can, you know, do it. So as always, we leave you with this. I think the, the proper sentiments as always, and for some of the behavior that we saw this last couple of days and for some of the behavior that we need to see going forward, uh, take care of each other, be safe. And remember, remember to stay sucker free, y'all. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text N-E-X-T-S-T-E-P, that's next step, to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.